0: Now, I'm pretty sure what I'm about to tell you is something most of you already know if you've been to a grocery store or happened to stop by your local gas station to put gas in your car. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. You've seen it. Prices are way up. I mean, way up. Look at gasoline. Look at food prices. They're through the roof. I'm old enough to remember some, shall we say, financial hard times. Many of us remember, you know, 2000, 2008, when we had uh, the market crash and housing crash. I can remember when I was finishing high school, there was some economic turmoil. When I first got married in 75, 1975, there were some financial issues. I've watched gasoline prices rise significantly several times in my life. But the total effect of what is happening today, at least in my lifetime, is unprecedented. Now, they like to try to tell you inflation something like, oh, only it's only 8%. It's only no, it's worse. Gas didn't go up in a year eight percent more like about fifty or sixty percent or more. Food prices, yeah, they're moving rapidly. I go to the grocery store with my wife. I look at the prices. I I pay attention and I remember things. And, and for CNN and MSNBC and others to to blatantly say, well, it's not all that bad. You know, it's, it's really a sign of a good economy. You know, the economy is hot and roaring. You know, President Biden has just done such a masterful job. He's done a masterful job at creating what's going to be a huge crisis. And I'm going to just come out and say it. It is a crisis I I firmly believe, with every ounce of my being, is by design. It is by design. When gas prices are really high... It makes it hard for people to travel. And My wife and I, we are experiencing that as we're completing our travel. It's not cheap. Prices are not just up 8% in over a year. It's worse. You can see it. They're lying to you. And I'm reading a lot of news stories out there that are thoroughly legitimate and very concerning. Well, why are railroad companies not wanting to ship fertilizer this year? Why is the price of fertilizer two and three times higher than before? Many people are predicting some food shortages come this summer. And what food is available is going to be extremely expensive. Now, why, why would people in government and in power lie to you? Why would they want the prices to be so high? Why do they want a pandemic? Why do they want to inject people with what is proving to be a useless vaccine? And I say that, say it very carefully and from all the reading that I've done. What limited benefit the vaccine may give you wears off quickly. And the more and more you take booster after booster after booster, the more damage it appears now people are doing to their immune system. When when does this cycle of stupidity end? When does this cycle of deception by the CDC and the World Health Organization and the Biden administration and up in Canada, Justin Trudeau, I mean, when does this come to an end? When does the truth come out? And why are we having so many unexplained deaths at higher levels than we've ever seen in ages you know people are dying of non-COVID believe it or not and now the the unexplained unanticipated deaths and of course they have nothing to do with COVID have taken a dramatic rise I think there's something very nefarious going on and I think it's time that we recognize that the world as we knew it before 2020 It's never coming back. One of the things that I'll be working on and I'll be talking about very, very soon are some of the things that God laid on my heart. I'm doing the research. I'm asking questions. My wife and I are praying diligently for, for leading and direction from God. And I feel very strongly that we're coming into a very strange time and the way the church has functioned, the way we has know, Look, if you're a Christian, you're in the world, you're not of it. We've talked about that so many times. Get it through your head. It's not coming back the way it was. Never will. You're not going to fix anything in the election of 2022 in the fall. Assuming the election is not stolen, I've been voting for 50 years trying to fix it, and I've told you The enemy of your soul gets two steps forward, and you, you know, and then we get once that we get to push it one step back. We're still on the losing side. Lately, the enemy is getting three steps forward for our one step back. We're going to be in a world of hurt, and it's coming very soon. And believe me, I'm dealing with that, and I'm praying about it. And the Lord has just put so many things on my heart of how we can work together. Jim Calhoun is coming to the microphone. And he's thought about this same topic. And he's going to share with you what he believes we should be doing. And I agree wholeheartedly with Jim's assessment. So welcome to the microphone, Jim Calhoun. Thanks, Bob.
1: It truly is great to be back on Truth to Ponder. I know that I've been guest hosting more than normal for the last couple of weeks. But that's just because Bob Bierman has so much going on. And I'm just so glad that I'm able to help him out. He needs the extra time and I'm very glad to devote some of my time to Truth to Ponder because as I state almost every show, I do believe in Truth to Ponder and I believe in the audience of Truth to Ponder too. I've received quite a few emails and I'm very impressed with the caliber of person that tunes in to listen to Truth to Ponder. I'm just honored that you tune in and listen to my episodes as well as Bob's. And right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, if you want to get a hold of me, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is send Bob Beerman an email at bob at truth, the number two ponder dot com. Bob at truth, the number two ponder dot com. And he'll forward any email to me. And that also goes for regular mail. If you want to use the postal service to send me a letter, just send it to Bob Beerman and he will forward it to me. Well, I've been really busy this week. I've got this extra show of truth to ponder that I promised Bob I'd get done, and this is the extra show right now that I'm doing. And I just crawled off the tractor, I got through plowing, and one of my baby calves has got an infection in the jaw, so I've been playing veterinarian today, and I've got my usual chores and other things I've been doing, and I'm trying to get ready for spring. And so it's a very busy time here at the ranch, but I'm never too busy to chip in and help Bob. I believe in his ministry that much. I always let the Holy Spirit kind of guide me as to what I'm going to talk about when I do Truth to Ponder, because no matter how much I plan to say certain things about certain topics, it seems like I always have something else put on my heart, and today is no different. I spent several days wondering what I was going to do for this extra episode. Well, the extra episode came to me. I didn't have to think too hard. And so I feel like today's topic is something I'm supposed to talk about. And there's really several topics, but it's all going to boil around being prepared and places to bug out and why to even bug out in the first place. And also, I want to talk about what I feel is going to happen with our food supply. So since everybody loves to eat, I think I'm going to start with our food supply. Now, this is just personal experience, and it's anecdotal. It's not scientific, but it's an observation. But it's such an obvious observation that I can back up what I'm going to say is perfectly true. The middle part of the United States is suffering a severe drought right now. It is so dry that I'm looking out over the hills, and I almost want to shed a tear. Because this time of year, it usually starts to green up, and I'm filled with the anticipation of spring to watch all the new life just spring up right in front of your eyes. It's such a magic time of year for me, and it's by far my favorite season. And so every year, I look forward to spring. Well, this year, the wind won't stop blowing. Sometimes the wind is... Almost 20 degrees. And it just freezes you to the bone. And the winds are 30 and 40 miles an hour. And what little foliage is trying to grow gets frozen off at night. But yet the wind keeps blowing. And I'm not talking gentle breezes either. I'm talking gale force winds. And as I record this episode, there's still a gale force wind. Only this time it's a very warm wind. It feels good to be out without a coat. But it's very windy, and it's very dusty. And yesterday, there was so much dust in the air that the sky was turning an ugly color of brown. And off in the distance, you've had all this haze, and it was all dust. And I've seen pictures of dust storms in Kansas this year that are absolutely frightening. Then I look directly overhead, and I see the jets up there spraying. And... I'm not trying to be a fearmonger, but if we're counting on food in the dryland regions of the United States, we better not count on it very much because we are in deep trouble right here. We need moisture so bad that even if we had 2 or 3 inches of rain, that won't be enough because the soil has no moisture in it. Now I live in the valley, and usually this time of year it's so wet that you can't plant anything because the soil is just naturally damp because the water table is so high that it saturates really easy. And in the Platte Valley of Nebraska, it's pretty hard to plow in the spring because you're kind of plowing muddy soil and that just makes huge dirt clods and it's pretty hard to work with. Well, I just got done plowing a small field and I've never had anything plow like this plowed. Instead of turning over the earth, And bringing up the nice, moist soil, I'm plowing about eight inches deep, and I'm bringing up dust. And the soil is pulverizing instantly into small little granules, kind of like pebbles or gravel. And it's so dry, you just crumble it in your hand, and the wind just blows it away. And so there's no moisture for the root structure of all the plants to even access. And the few pathetic little weeds that are trying to grow, they're already acting like they're in trouble. Their color isn't right. They're not bushing out like they normally do. And I'd say that 90% of the grass that should be growing right now is still in dormancy. And so what that's going to mean is very much lower yields of dry land crops, maybe even total crop failure. And it's also going to mean that the cattle industry is going to take a big hit. Because after the hay is all fed, you have to put your cattle out on pasture. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no pasture growing. Now, a few weeks of rainy weather will change this, and it'll bring us much-needed relief. But there's no moisture in the forecast. And so, from my personal observation, I think everybody needs to prepare for food shortages. I've already heard that the rice areas are being hit and they say they're going to have at least a 10% reduction in the rice crop. We all know that we're not going to get the wheat from Ukraine and Russia. You take away a good portion of the rice and a huge portion of wheat. It really spells for bad trouble. And I've been planting my garden and as I dig down, I haven't found any moisture at all. I planted potatoes in the dust. I've never done that before. Usually when I plant potatoes, the soil is so moist that I hope that it doesn't turn into mud and just bake and get too hard for the potatoes to break through the surface. Or I'm afraid that the soil is gonna crust over. Not this year. I literally planted potatoes in dust. And a couple weeks ago, I planted my onions and I planted them in dust as well. So I've been watering every day and the onions are starting to poke up and so I know that I'm going to have an onion crop. But I really do want everyone to be very serious about having a garden this year. Be extremely serious about learning how to forage. Because, I'm, like I say, I'm not trying to be a fearmonger, But if I don't pass this information along to you, that's not only a gut hunch, but it's screaming inside my soul that I have to tell everybody, prepare. And so if I'm not obedient, and if I keep my mouth shut, and things really go bad, I'm going to feel that some of the suffering is on me because I didn't speak up when I feel that I was told to. And so right now, start practicing being very efficient with your food. You might want to cut back on some of your portions. You might start self-rationing some food right now, and so you don't use as much. Because I don't know what's going to happen in another week or month or six months or another year. But I've heard several people say that the year 2023 is going to be the year of famine. Now, I hope they're wrong. And I'm not saying that I think they're right. But I am saying that the possibility of them, of them being right is pretty good. I'm not a gambler, and I don't believe in gambling. But if I was going to put a percentage on whether I thought that we were going to have a massive food shortage, I'd say that personally I feel that we have an 80% chance of that happening. Because if it doesn't rain here, you can't count on part of the breadbasket of the United States to help feed the world. You just can't count on us. And you tell me one person in power, one governor, one person in the illegitimate Biden administration, including illegitimate Joe himself, Name one person that could make a positive difference right now. Name one person that's acting sane and rational that's in national government. Now, there's some states that have some governors that are okay, but they're very few and far between. But I feel the federal government is absolutely inept as well as corrupt. And so I really do think that you need to have a garden this year. Don't plant GMO, plant open-pollinated heirloom-type seeds. And you better get your seeds right now because people are going to start running out of seeds. As a matter of fact, when I bought seeds a couple weeks ago, there were several varieties that I was interested in that they were already sold out of. Now with my garden, I decided I'm not going to go for variety. I'm just going to plant a whole bunch of what I know I'm going to eat. So I'm keeping it basic. I planted potatoes and onions. I'm going to plant open pollinated field corn because I can make cornmeal out of that as well as feed the livestock. And every year I grow garlic. I'm going to plant some radishes and some carrots. And then in between the rows of corn, I'm going to plant squash. And that's it. But I'm going to plant a bunch of it because I truly feel that we're going to have bare shelves on our grocery stores sooner than later. Now, I've heard Bob talk about the possibility of coming food shortages as well. All the signs are out there that everything is lining up perfectly for some really bad things to happen. And again, I've got to point out, there's nobody out there that has any intelligence that has any power to do something that's going to be a positive influence on the situation. There's nobody out there. I don't care what country you look at. When you're talking the federal governments, there is nobody out there that really cares for the common person. And I really do believe that this New World Order, Great Reset, or a bunch of satanic, I'm going to call them creeps because that's what they are. I think that they're helping manufacture this shortage. And I do believe in man-made climate change, but not in the way that Although the leftists do. The leftists will say that my cows are causing climate change. And I heard that illegitimate Joe the other day said that cutting down trees would be a good thing because trees add to the pollution. Talk about dementia. Wasn't it just several years ago that the trees were going to save the world? Now trees are bad. The reason that they're flip flopping on this is because anything that's good for us as far as our health. They want that destroyed. They want that gone. Now, I truly feel that this satanic group of people wants to destroy all of God's creation, from a gnat and a field mouse right on up to you and me. And I think they're in there pitching, doing their best to do it. Now, getting back to the climate change, all you have to do is look up and see the jets spraying the chemtrails. They're spraying those chemtrails to cause climate change. They're spraying chemicals up there to blot out the sun, because they say that if they blot out the sun, then the earth will not warm as much. Well, they're absolute idiots, because when they put that film of chemical up there, it's actually holding the heat in. That's called a greenhouse gas. Remember when the left said greenhouse gases were bad? Of course, that was caused by my cows and also your lawnmower. And of course, if you took a breath today, you're contributing to climate change. But never mind, nothing to see here like the Wizard of Oz. Don't look at the guy behind the curtain. Don't look up. Don't look at the jet spray. Oh, that's not happening. You're a conspiracy theorist. There's no jet up there. There's no trail. Are you kidding me? It's as obvious as a nose on my face. But yet people have been brainwashed to the point where they will actually watch the planes fly over and spray and say, no, that's a contrail. A contrail is water vapor. Water vapor goes away. It evaporates. It does not turn into a quasi-semi-cloud that blots out the sun. And you've all seen the checkered board patterns. And the crisscrossy things and the circular patterns of all these jets up there as they spray. Now, you older people, did jets ever do that before? Did they do that back in the 1960s and 70s? No, all this started in the late 80s, and it's been ramping up ever since. And this whole Great Reset is not an idea that was just thought up recently. All of this is interconnected. All of this is meant to cause food shortages. And of course, we're going to get blamed for it. They say, oh, it's the fossil fuels that are causing all this, while they're up there spraying. And I'm not sure whether I truly believe that man can control the weather, but I believe that man can control the weather more than I don't believe it. I can't prove anything, but I do know this. When the governor of Nebraska, Governor Ricketts, stood up to Joe Biden when he said that they wanted to have the IRS check every bank account that had $600 in it, and Governor Ricketts said no, not going to comply, since that's happened, our skies have been almost continually white, jets flying like you've never seen, and we haven't had any moisture since then. Now, is it connected? I don't know, but would it surprise me if it were connected? No, it wouldn't. I think the federal government is acting as punitive as I've ever imagined that they possibly could. Right now, they want to take political opponents and people they disagree with and silence them. We might as well be in North Korea or the darkest days of the old Soviet Union with the KGB running amok. But no, they're good leftists. They're people that really don't care about the United States of America as founded. They think that they have a better way. And they have a lot of useful idiots that they brainwashed that are out there helping spread all the garbage. And that goes for the pilots up there that are basically crop dusting us or spraying us like we're insects and they're spraying raid on us. That's what's happening, folks we have that happening overhead, and we have a huge drought in the center part of the United States, and we have a war raging in another great breadbasket of the world, soon the third world countries will be starving to death. Now, we're going to be hungry, and we're going to be inconvenienced, but hopefully we won't starve to death. But the third world is in serious trouble. So we need to do what we can right now to conserve food and learn new habits, and learn new skills, and really focus on it. We really need to think about it. Now, I'm not telling everyone to panic and go panic by. No, don't do that. I'm saying engage your brain. Really think this over. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Stay in prayer. Let the Holy Spirit guide you of what you need to do. But I am telling you this. You have to do something, whether it's pray, whether it's go buy some food, whether it's learning how to forage, you have to do something. Because if you're one of those people that are waiting for the world to get back to normal, where you're going to wake up someday and everything's going to be like it was in 2015 or 2018, not going to happen, folks. These people that are causing this great reset, they feel like that they're within just inches of a big victory. They feel like they're just on the cusp of having a huge victory against we, the people, to where they finally can control the world. Because, of course, they're the smartest people that's ever been. And they're also the best people. Just ask them. They'll tell you. But it's way past time that we put our full attention onto surviving a very bad time. Because I feel like bad times are just around the corner. I do hope I'm wrong. But I've got to tell you how I truly feel. And I truly feel that there are so many situations in the world that are beyond our control right now. It seems like that there's so many people that are doing insane things. People that are doing things that are contrary to what people have done for generations. And it seems like people are going out of their way to, to try to cause hurt and anarchy and things that are very detrimental, not only to not only to yourself and your family, but the entire country. And in that manner, the entire civilized world. And so that's the joker in the deck or the wild card in the deck. We don't know what's going to happen because we're not dealing with anything that I feel is real. It's all surreal and it's all generated by Satan. And so when I say it's not real, I'm not meaning that there's not a real threat or not real problems. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it's real strange, real odd. It's surreal. That's why so many are having so much trouble getting their head around this. Because it flies in the face of all the societal training that's happened for generations. So that's the main reason I'm telling people to prepare. Because if it was up to sane and rational people, I think all of the world's problems could be solved fairly easily. Now, I'm not saying solved 100%, but I'm saying that situations can be bettered to where there won't be this huge catastrophe. But I do feel that those who are quote-unquote in power, which are really the people behind the scenes, the ones that are unelected and unaccountable, the ones with all the money that everyone seems to want to worship, those people will not stop until they are stopped. And so that's why I'm telling everyone I think they should prepare because all the situations around the world are very much beyond our control. And on the other side of the break, I want to talk about bugging out.
0: Thank you so much, Jim and and Jim Calhoun. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes after we, we take our regular break at this time. While I've got your attention, this is Bob Bierman again. Would you let me know how you listen to this radio program or do you listen as a podcast? As I've been saying for for quite a while, I need to know over the next several weeks how people are listening to this program so we can better find a way to distribute it, a better way to make sure we are maximizing the resources that we have in putting this program together each and every day of each day of the week. Now, these past several days, and this is the last program, I, I want to thank Jim for really stepping up to help me out. We've, been, we've had so many things to do and a tremendous amount of travel in a short amount of time and getting ready for the trip we are just about to complete. And if Jim Calhoun had not stepped up to the plate, I don't know how, this radio program would have continued over these over these past prior days. So a big shout-out to, to, to my friend, Jim Calhoun. Jim is like me. We get paid the same. we we don't get paid to do this program. This is not a paid position. Truth to Ponder is a ministry, and its biggest single expense, there are some other small expenses, but the biggest single expense is the radio airtime. And we need your help in paying that each and every week. Podcasting is relatively cheap, but the radio reaches vastly more people, and we're not subject to being, you know, having our our programs, and I've had some and some platforms just disappear because they didn't like the content. But let me know how you listen. If you'll send me an email, Bob at truth a number two ponder dot com. Bob at truth the number two ponder.com It would be a great help to me. It would mean a lot to me to know how you listen to truth to Ponder whether it be as a podcast, whether it be as the radio program and if you can help us pay the the airtime bill would you consider making a check payable to ancient word radio that's ancient word radio and the mailing address, for truth to ponder is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 85 North. And the special secure box number 3248. That's That's number 3248 and we are in Crestview. Crestview, Florida, and the zip code 32536 32536. Once again, that address 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with
2: Bob Beerman. Playing cards on the Titanic. Shalom alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn. your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get in love in a moment. Now, people have the idea that the Titanic struck an iceberg and then sank. Not exactly. First of all, the Titanic scraped along the iceberg. Secondly, it didn't sink until several hours later. In fact, at the beginning, there seemed to be no change at all. Everything was still level and solid, and only few people even saw the scraping. And people were playing cards, and they're the ones who really saw the iceberg through the windows. The general feeling was that there wasn't any real damage. They couldn't really see any damage, but the damage was real. The waters began flooding the chambers. It still seemed steady, though. It was mortally wounded. Its fate was sealed, but it was steady. And people continued to play cards and to talk. The band continued to play as if everything was fine. But it wasn't. There was a limited time left. Now, that's a real picture of life. It seems steady, but it's an illusion. This life appears solid, but it's mortally wounded. And eventually, everything fades. And all the frills of this life mean less and less and nothing as time goes on because it's going down. If your well-being is based on this life, on anything in this life, then your well-being is always going to be sinking. If your stake is in this life or anything in it, your well-being will always be sinking. So Messiah tells us, beware of getting comfortable. He spoke of the rich man who stores up his treasure, but then his life is required. He grows comfortable in the world, but he put all his treasures on a sinking ship and then there's no treasure left. Beware of growing comfortable in a sinking ship. No matter how much it glitters, it's still sinking and it'll take your eyes off what's really happening. Put your treasure in what you can't lose. Messiah is the rock. Build your hope on him for all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is the Titanic. Want more? Ask for the floating palace. Now the free gift for you, the most incredible, awesome mystery, the temple doors plus sapphires guaranteed to give you the power of living a victorious life in God, all free. So how do you get this all free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, you will receive your free gifts. You'll be blessed. But call now, one 800 yes one Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of this world. Salvation to five continents with over a billion people. It's amazing. Imagine you could blanket the earth with salvation. You can through shortwave radio, the farthest way you'll ever spread the gospel. How? Call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's yes H U A 1. We can write me direct. Let's write to the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, Im Messiah, Hatzor, the Rock.
1: is Truth to Ponder with Bob Behrman. Welcome back to the second half of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun, guest hosting today, filling in for Bob Beerman. because Bob is in the middle of a lot of projects right now, and I'm just so thankful that I'm able to help him out. And I really appreciate you sticking around for the second half of the show, because I want to talk about bugging out. Now, I've got to say that my last living off-grid power and information show concerned this same topic. But I feel that the audience of Truth to Ponder could benefit from what I have to say about that subject. It seems to be trendy right now for people to talk about their bug-out bags and bugging out and their bug-out location. And it seems like it's something you're supposed to have and supposed to do instead of really thinking it through and having a really solid plan. And before I talk about getting a solid plan, let me tell you this. If we have a world event that's a catastrophe like it seems like it's lining up for it to be, it doesn't matter how well you plan because your plans are going to turn to dust. So it's good to have a plan, but make your plan very flexible. And I would recommend having two or three plans that can be interchangeable to where you can take part of plan A and mix it with part of plan B and possibly throw in some plan C to make it work. So again, you have to really think about this, engage your brain. But I want to talk about the concept of bugging out. What bugging out means to me is leaving a situation that's potentially harmful And going to a place of refuge, a place where you're not going to be harmed. Now, on the outset, that sounds like a really great idea. And if you live in the cities, especially a Democrat run city, I think you need to leave the city. Matter of fact, you should have left last year. If you have a good job in the city, you're going to have to make up your mind what you're going to have to do. But I know personally, I would get out of Dodge as fast as I could because I feel that the epicenter of all the big problems we're going to have in this country are going to be situated smack dab in the Democrat-controlled big cities of the United States. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere near them. Now, that's just me personally. But I would recommend that if you can, relocate into an area that is not held by a bunch of socialists. And get out of these big cities. Because if you're trapped in a big city, then I think you're in a whole bunch of trouble. But with that said, the average typical person does not need to bug out. If you live in an area to where you don't think there's going to be any food riots and the civil unrest is going to be tame, consider yourself fortunate. Stay where you're at and just fortify your defenses where you're at. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. You might have a safe place you can go in your neighborhood or in your area or in your house or an outbuilding or whatever. You might have a storm shelter or something that you could use as a bug out place. I'm not saying don't prepare to circle the wagons. But I'm saying that you don't necessarily have to jump in your car and drive somewhere to find the safety. Because let's face it, Wherever you flee to is going to have the same problems of where you left. Maybe not as much, but the problems will be there. And people get very territorial. And so I would imagine that if you're an outsider and you're bugging out into another location because you thought it was safe, it won't be safe for you because you're an outsider. It's only safe for the people that everyone knows lives there. And so you can't just look at a place on the map and say, I hear this is a nice place. Let's bug out here. If you do that, you're going to fail. The whole concept of bugging out is a good one if you follow the guidelines. But there's no guidelines out there, so I'm going to fill you in. First of all, you have to have a real reason for bugging out. Just leaving for the sake of leaving, thinking you're going to get away from problems, isn't going to work. You're going to have to have a location that's secure. You're going to have to have everything already stocked and supplied because if you have to bug out and take all your supplies with you, you're in a whole bunch of trouble because it's those who are overloaded with goods and things like that, with food, they're going to stick out like sore thumbs. And if you get stuck in traffic, guess where the thieves are going to hit? Yep, they're going to visit you. And so if you have to bug out, Make sure that your location is already 100% ready to go. And ready to go not only by, not only with food and supplies, but know every inch of that territory. Know people there. Make friends there. Have allies there. Know where every river is and every natural spring. And find places in that area that you can go forage for food. Because just going from point A to point B isn't going to cut it. And if you wait to hear something on the radio or on the news that some catastrophe has happened, if you wait for that moment before you bug out, then you're in horrible trouble because everyone else that didn't plan is going to be clogging the roads. And so you're going to be stuck in traffic, maybe in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by who knows what kind of people. And you're going to be just stranded right there. And you may or may not get to your destination. And I'm going to go on a rabbit trail here. I would have several different places to bug out to. If your bug out location happens to be north of you, but something happens that you can't get north, you have to go south, you need to have an alternative place. And yes, I'm talking about some very serious planning here. Now, I wouldn't be talking about this if I thought I was wasting your time. But I think you need to have this in the back of your head anyway, so you can make your own plans and make it fit your own situation. But I know personally that I have several places that I can go that is safe, depending on what world event takes place. If there's a nuclear war with Russia, I do have a fallout shelter. My fallout shelter is fully functional. I can stay in my fallout shelter without coming out for probably I'd say two months right now, and that's meeting all of my needs, my hygienic needs, my food, my water, everything, and also things to help me keep my sanity if I have to be locked away for that long. And every day I try to make my position just one or two days stronger. Do I think there's going to be a nuclear war? I don't know. But do I think there's a possibility? Yes, I do, because I think everyone involved is insane, and insane people do insane things. And it would be insane to have a nuclear war. And I don't see Putin or Biden or anybody being sane enough to keep that from happening. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of people on the news media that are cheerleading. They want to go to war against Russia. These people are absolutely crazy. They're insane. But I'm prepared for it. If there's civil unrest in my area and people are out looting, I have a separate location that I don't think anyone could find. That I don't think anyone could even find me unless they have electronic equipment to where they can find me. Yes, I went that extreme. And should you follow my lead? No. Do what your heart tells you to do. Be in prayer about this and listen for the Holy Spirit to guide you. That's what I did, and this is what I ended up with. And I have a third location that's kind of a combination of the two. That's not near as secure, but yet it's very easy to get to, and it's a lot more secure than being in my house. Because I happen to be situated right along the road. I'm only about 20 yards from a county road and it's a pretty well-used county road. And I'm only 4 miles from a town of 20,000 people. Now I know 20,000 is not a whole big is not a huge city. But if there's food riots in my town and me being only 4 miles from town, I'm within easy walking distance from this town. And yes, I have the ability to protect my property. I do believe in the Second Amendment. But that said, I pray to God that the Second Amendment is never tampered with. And I also pray to God that we never have to use our Second Amendment rights to protect our freedoms and protect our property. But getting back to the topic of bugging out, you're going to have to know where, why, how, when. All the questions have to be answered about whether to bug out or not, and where to bug out to. The last thing you want to be is another refugee out on the road. And if you bug out to a place and bug out as a needy person, you're definitely not going to be welcome, because that area might have trouble taking care of their own. And so wherever you bug out to, you have to take a worthwhile skill with you. You just being a wonderful person isn't going to cut it in a crisis. If you have something you can offer the community you're bugging out to, you have a much better chance of being successful than staying there and also being safe. And people talk about their bug-out bag. Your bug-out bag should have enough food, enough food for three days, enough water for three days, and all the money that you can get your hands on and at least three forms of identification. Now, I would take the money and the identification, and I would hide them in my car, and I'd hide them in a place that they'd never be found. That way, if you're stuck in traffic and looters go through your vehicle, those items will be safe. And also, you don't want to have a big load of supplies, because it just makes you a target. And let's face it, Anyone who travels light is going to travel faster. Anyone that's traveling very bulky with lots of things is going to travel slower. And the whole secret of bugging out is being bugged out and also established in your new location before, before the disastrous event happens. And so you're going to have to trust in God, and you're going to have to trust in the Holy Spirit, and you're going to have to listen. And if God tells you, now's the time to bug out, you bug out right then. Even if the birds are singing and the sun's shining and everything seems to be okay. Now, are there going to be false alarms? Most likely. But I'd rather err on the side of caution. And let's face it, if you have to bug out two or three times on on a false alarm, At least you'll know exactly how long it's going to take you to where you're going to go. And you'll be in practice of getting there as fast as you can. And so there are benefits to these dry runs that you most likely will have. But I think if your situation is tenable where you're at, you need to stay put. If you have to bug out, make sure your location is 100% stocked, travel light, and get there Way before the event happens. Now, nobody is going to be able to see into the future with 2020 vision. But if you start seeing food riots happening all over the country and it hasn't happened in your area yet, and you've decided to bug out for sure, well, I'd bug out right then. If I live close to a city in the central part of the United States, like Denver or Kansas City or Omaha, and I heard of food riots happening in San Francisco or in New York City, I would definitely take that as a sign that that your area is only a week or two behind. And so I'd get out that day. But you have to be going to a better situation. And so just bugging out for the sake of bugging out is not a good thing to do. And just hitting the road and going out and just hoping that you're going to find a better situation is worse than staying in a bad situation. Because if you stay in a bad situation, but you know the area, at least you have a chance of avoiding some of the bad things that might come your way. But if you're just out there like a leaf in the wind and you don't know which way to turn and evil befalls you, then you're really in trouble. But all of this hinges on your perception of things, your personal situation, the way you view society and view the world, everything has to come into play. Because once you decide to bug out, and you do bug out, know that you're all alone. If things get so bad that you do have to bug out, know that 911 might get answered, but they likely won't come. And also, there's a good likelihood that all of the systems will be down. And so you can't count on anyone to rescue you. And so all of your plans need to be very self-contained to where you can rely on yourself or the group you're bugging out with exclusively on the success that you're going to have or not have fulfilling your plans. Because if you have to have a wild card, if you have to have law enforcement, because if you have... Dialing 911 as part of your plan? You better rethink that. Now, once again, I'm not trying to scare everybody. I'm trying to give you some advice. Now, personally, I don't think anyone should bug out unless they live in one of these Democrat-controlled big cities. Then I definitely would leave. But if I was in an area that was pretty tame, I definitely would stay but I also would definitely have some safe places that I could go on my property or in my neighborhood. And if you have a neighborhood watch, it's time to get together with all the people who are involved and formulate plans on defending your neighborhood and keeping each other safe and having each other's backs. Few people realize that the United States government has a plan of how to invade every country on Earth. They have plans on how to invade Canada and how to invade Madagascar. They probably have plans on, on how to invade Liechtenstein. Does that mean that they plan on it? No. But if they already have plans in place, and world events happen to line up to where they have to do something real quick, the plans are already there. So that's what I'm asking you to do. Go ahead and make your plans on how to survive a horrible event. And I wouldn't just look at the nuclear war possibility or the food crisis. I'd look at everything possible. I'd look at your area and anything that you think might go wrong. I would plan for what I'd do if indeed things do go wrong. And again, do I think that things are going to go bad? Yes, I do. But I don't know to what extent, and I don't know how widespread it's going to be. But I do know that there's going to be a domino effect. And if we have large enough areas that are in total chaos, and it disrupts the food supply everywhere, I do see food riots happening. And as I stated in another program, you do not want to depend on your local food bank to feed you. Because if everyone does that, they're going to run out of food really fast. And so a better plan is to have your own food bank and have your own garden and have your own ability to forage and have your own ability to be self-sufficient. But out of everything that I've said, the most important thing you can do is go to God. Meditate in God's word. Listen for the Holy Spirit. Let God guide you through these hard times. Because there's not a man or woman on this earth that's going to be able to change what I think's already started. I think there's already chain reactions started. And I do know that there's more hatred and distrust in the world than I've ever seen. You add to that the division in the corrupt media, and all the brainwashing, and all these corrupt New World Order people that are totally following the spirit of Antichrist. You add that together, and that makes one sour, rotten stew. And I really don't think anything good's going to come of it. Now, again, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just asking you to please get your head around things, look at your situation, and really look at it. And really go to God in prayer and let him lead you through this horrible mess that I hope doesn't happen, but I do feel is going to happen. Well, I hope that my information today hasn't been too extreme. I hope it hasn't been too raw and rank. And I hope that I haven't spread any fear because the Bible does say fear not. And I'm not scared of anything, I don't have any fear, but I'm prepared. You don't have to be in fear to be prepared. You just have to prepare. And as I like to tell people, I prepare for the worst and hope and pray for the best. And that's where I'm at every day. Well, I hope you've got something from this episode of Truth to Ponder. And I'd like to thank Bob Beerman once again for allowing me to come before his great audience. And if you would like to help Bob Beerman in Truth to Ponder and would like to send in a donation, that would be much appreciated. You can send check, money order or cash and you would make the check out to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And you would mail to Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248, and that's Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536, again, 32536. And once again, thanks an awful lot for listening. And until next time, everyone, please think about what I said. Please prepare. Stay strong. Stay safe. But most of all, replace fear
0: with faith. And thank you once again, Jim, for filling in for me during this time of travel. By the way, the next time we get together, it'll be a brand new show and I'll be with you as the host again. (laughs) I, I may have forgotten how to do the entire program when that day comes, but Jim, thank you so much. I don't know how I would have gotten through all of this had you not volunteered your time to this audience. If you appreciate the work that Jim has done for me over these days, would you send me an email and I'll forward it on to Jim and you can send it to Bob at Truth, the number two ponder.com Bob at Truth, the number two ponder.com And I'll make sure that, that Jim gets your email. As soon as you send it to me, I'll send it on to him. Well, we're getting ready to enter a very unique time in this ministry. And in the days ahead, I'll be sharing a lot of what we're beginning to do and research and really feel led of the Lord to be doing. But for the moment shortwave radio is still our primary outlet yeah we're thankful for the podcast but I know that places like Spotify and you know the i iTunes and all of that could pull the plug the day they decide they don't like a program and I get little warnings from time to time some of the content may be you know something unacceptable so I recognize the day this program you know, you may be hearing it as a podcast today it may disappear and I didn't do it so I want to be prepared for alternate ways of of you hearing the program. I'll be talking maybe in the future how to how to get an inexpensive shortwave radio to be prepared. If you believe in our ministry and can help us pay for the airtime, would you consider making a check I know check payable to Ancient Word Radio. I know times are tight right now. We we feel it here at our home too. And make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Truth to Ponder 5753 Highway 85 North That's 5753 Highway 85 North We have a secure box number 3248 That's 3248 The city is Crestview One word Crestview And the state is Florida That's Crestview, Florida And the zip code is 32536 That's 32536 32536 I want to thank you during these days of our travel, your prayers, and we'll see you again with an all new episode real soon. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth,
2: the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth. In a darkening world.